Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast, presented by BioSkill and powered by GoGo Sports. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall, and I have a co-host with me tonight. Uh, he's a good friend. He's always been with us for a while here, and we have Brody McIntyre. Uh, Brody, how's it going? It's going well, Bosco. I've been working lots Sunday afternoon now, and I'm ready to relax, do a podcast, and go have a barbecue tonight. So hey, it's been good. Like, we golf yesterday. Yeah. How is it out there? How's the market? How's things going with that? Like, you know, it's getting it, busy. Getting busier? Is it getting? Yeah, there's not a lot of inventory. There's lots of buyers. I was out in the shirt park, and it's it's a yeah. gong show out there. Like a house gets listed. We wrote it out. We were going to write an offer last night, nice. and there was five offers on it on the first day. Like it's yeah. it's getting bananas in shirt park. I don't know what's going on out there. Yeah, that's pretty good then. Yeah, I was yeah. kind of with, with the refineries pretty close by. Like what it would be like around there, but. Um, yeah, it's always busy there. Yeah, exactly. but not like not normally like that. It's like 2006 there. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good then. It's good for yeah, good for the closer there. So right on. Buddy. Great. How about you? Uh pretty good. Yeah, work's busy. We're um, wrapping up more and more. We're pouring more concrete where we're out here with bird construction. So doing uh doing a lot of concrete pours there, getting things busy and uh yeah go back out for another 14 days tomorrow so uh so be pretty cool and then yeah we're getting pretty close to episode 200 and we got ourselves a very special guest for that and uh i'm looking forward to uh i think what we are as a team like crazy we're gonna be at episode 200 bro (laughs) like cool man yeah things have been growing pretty good so but uh no just uh focusing on that and just kind of getting making sure that looks uh looks pretty good and you know what? NHL awards are tomorrow, and I think that'll be pretty fun. A uh, friend of the podcast, Michael Backlund, is up for the King Clancy Award. Um, so uh, obviously going to cheer for a good friend of ours here on the <laughs> podcast, but uh, he's up against uh, an Oiler and Darnell Nurse too. So uh, so obviously it's a little bit of a battle of Alberta, a little rivalry there. But, um, you know, so I think it'll be pretty cool and, you know, Connor McDavid and his uh, his girlfriend got engaged on the weekend, Lauren. So a lot happening in the NHL world, bro. There you go. <laughs> if that's what a lot happening is, then God, you get things need to pick up. Then we're talking about a guy getting engaged. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to give him, got to give him some love there for sure. Our NHL news and notes segment is brought to you by Sheena Boychuk. Yes, you heard that last name right. That's Sheena Boychuk. As a licensed realtor, Sheena has you covered to buy and sell your home in this hot market. She also offers home consulting services to help you upgrade your living space. Check her website out at SheenaBoychuk.com and tell her the Two Mods podcast sent you. Realty by Design, your design approach to real estate. Um, I guess the biggest thing, you know, with uh, with the Oilers here, bro, it's like where, where are you at with, uh, with things standing in the Oilers situation with you know, a tight salary cap again for probably the fifth, obviously the fifth straight year that uh, Ken Holland's taken over. Man, when he took over, I think the cap was at 81 or 80 million, and now it's only up to 80 point, 83.5. Um, so he's he's not had uh, a lot of flexibility in that realm to, to do a lot, but uh, they're tight against it. And I think the biggest one is what does that contract look for Evan Bouchard? Is it a bridge? 
because um, it doesn't look like it can go long term. If it is a bridge, where are you at with contract wise for him? I think they bridge him and use that leverage as much as they can, right? Bridge it yeah. out for two, three years if you can for what two and a half, three and a half, and that kind of range. Say call it three million bucks for yeah. But personally, I I don't know why guys do that. I'd rather them sign, give him an eight year deal at maybe he doesn't want to either, but eight mil and try to try to get a little bit of a discount that way because especially with the cab going up, it's going to be worth a heck of a lot more than that when he gets 50 points next year and or two years from now and the cap's done up five, six, whatever it is, 10 million bucks, hopefully. Yeah. And it's like the cost is going to be even more. I'm assuming Bouchard doesn't want to do anything more than a bridge based on that alone, right? Just wait it out and cash in when there's more money to spend. And he's first line power play for a couple of years, getting 50, 60 points a year, maybe more. And yeah. then just load up, get Darnell Nurse money. That's Crazy a risk to say, but it's going to be tough if you have two defense making around that, right? So with that's the cost, uh, though. If he if he does bridges for two three years and he gets sixty five points, he's getting nine ten million bucks. That's just the way it works. Yeah, if not more, for sure. But yeah, if not more, definitely. If he's putting up, like you say, almost maybe seventy points, and he can, and that power play will put up points as it always has. You know, you're looking at. Uh, Wow, just thinking about that. That's crazy. It's cr- that's a fact. I think about it that, is. which is why I'd like, I mean, I don't think it's reality, but I'd love for the others to lock them up for eight million at their eight years for, I don't know, five, six million yeah. a year, which seems terrible now, but I think it'd be an absolute steal down the line when he's making, should be that, making eight, you, nine, ten million. Yeah. With that, what would you do with Yamamoto, Fogel, and CC? Um, you got to get some money out to get some of these guys signed because obviously McLeod is an RFA. He's got Arbright's now. You got Clem Costed, who's got uh, who's an RFA, who's got Arbright too. So um, you know they got, these guys are going to be looking for a bit of a bump up, and they were pretty good players for the Oilers this year. And you got that good value contract with Derek Ryan. We just had Bob Stoffer on, and he said Derek well, Derek Ryan left about 1.2 million or 1.5 million on the table, just to take that, that two year deal for the Oilers. But what would you do with these guys uh, to try to get Bouchard signed in a, in a longer term deal? Well, I wouldn't, uh, I don't know why people have a hate on for CC yet. It's not his fault. He has to play first yeah. line <laughs> minutes, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'd keep him and hopefully Bouchard develops to the point where you can push CC down to a spot where he, where he should be right. Second or third pairing. And he's still at a good contract. He's not getting paid seven million bucks. What's he at? Four million bucks or yeah. something? Yeah, so, just so I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what a that's what a average defenseman gets paid in the NHL. So I, I I think he you keep him, and also if you move him now, you're looking for another CC. Yeah, it makes no sense for me, right? To, yeah, for the others to do that. So I think he's pretty safe. I like Fogle in the playoffs. To be honest, I know he's not a point guy, but he he serves a good role, right? He's fast. He's big. He tries to use his body. He's not overly aggressive, but he's certainly not shy either. Yeah. I think the logical one is Yamamoto. And I think where there's smoke, there's fire. All you hear is Yamamoto's out, Yamamoto's out. And he's had nothing but opportunity as an oiler, right? Just constant right. minutes. But here you go, here you go, here you go. Here's top six, top six. The odd time they're moving down. But overall, I bet you he's had the most of anybody and no, not of anybody, right? anybody who shouldn't be there, right? Yeah. And has done not very well with uh, that time allocated to him. So I would say he'll be out. And I think Connor Brown will be in. Again, where there's smoke, there's fire. It's just 
it's kind of like remember when they were going to pick uh, Broberg? Everybody knew about it for two weeks leading up. Well, I think they're going to take Broberg. So I think it's that similar type of situation where that's all we hear about, which means it's probably going to happen. How about yeah. you? Yeah, I would agree, and especially what you touched on, pretty cool, interesting there. And then you put it in the internal chat with the Connor Brown situation too. Is, you know where he pretty much said, "Yeah, you know, like you know, Connor's going to win the cup, so that's obviously what I want to do too. So why wouldn't you go with what you know and a player you know very well?" And that contract's going to be a million dollar AV, but a two million dollar bonus incentive just because the way his season ended last year, he could sign that. He has the same agent as Connor McDavid, the same agent as Devin Bouchard, and that's Jeff Jackson with the Wasserman Group. So they're going to have a, a lot of flexibility there, and you know, and seeing where things are at. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be uh, it'll be super interesting to kind of see where things are at there and seeing. But I do think Yamamoto's got to go. Um, I thought last year they should have traded him. Um, you know, would have saved them some money on the cap, but you know, around three million dollars for what he does in a top six role, it's not there. Um, you know, and, and you kind of need your your third and fourth line. I would keep Vogel. He's under three million dollars. He he had a good playoff. Um, you know, he didn't have the, the greatest full season, but he kind of got going when he needed to get going. And then when when you know McLeod's in the lineup, McLeod's effective. Doing what he 100%, doing, yeah. need, what you kind of need him to do, and he's going to get better for sure. So I wouldn't, yep. you know, and that right that line with Fogel, McLeod, and Ryan was really good. So I wouldn't. And it speaks that up, speaks right? volumes too, right? That they put him there instead of Nuge and moved Nuge to the wing, right? Speaks yeah. volumes what you think of him. So Correct. it'll be a big yeah. part of it. Yeah. So I would I would do that. I would get rid of Yamo. That saves you around three million dollars. Um, and then you got to hope that cost and maybe designs something under 1.5 million and then Bouchard, you're probably no chance you have to bridge them this year is it a one-year bridge or a two-year bridge if it's a two-year bridge you probably get two years around four million and so that's four million be, yeah it's going to be costly i don't think he takes like and i'm only going off what stoffer said like stoffer doesn't think he takes he gets anything anything you know anything under three million and anything more than four million he thinks it's right around the $4 million range. And then you're pretty much, yeah, you're bridging them for two years. And then, you know, oh, when the cap goes up, when dry saddle deals up and his deals up, they're going to, like he's going to get paid. So uh, what's the, uh, the max you can do on a bridge deal too. I believe so. Well, he, the thing with him, the Oilers could drag it out because he's got no leverage at all. He's, yeah. He's in the same boat as, you know, they, they can just give him the qualifying offer and it's, I think it's 10% bump up. Like he can't, he doesn't have our rights or anything like that. So you do have the Oilers have all the leverage in, in their, in their bank right now. So. And they should uh, use it. They probably will. And maybe, maybe he goes 2 million, but does the agent sign that knowing that there's a bigger deal on the other end, just because last year they did the same thing but it's a different player. They did that with, with Ryan McLeod. He took everything that he could. That was the least amount of dollars like available to him, but it went right into the, right into the training camp. Right. So he missed, I think he missed like two or three days, which wasn't overly concerning, but you don't want this guys missing at all. The one thing I do like about this organization and you hear it a lot is that how quick the guys do get back here. 
after their summer. They're here, you know, compared to other teams, they're here about two to three weeks before any other guys are in any of their other markets and they're doing the captain's case. And that's with Connor. That's with Leon. Like obviously Connor comes in the week after because he does the bio still, but you know, drive setup kind of leads that charge. And, you know, I think that's important that you got your top guys leading those, those captain's gates. And I was just talking to Matt Benning the other day and he was kind of saying like, how, how, you know, kind of cool that is. And you do see a lot of the guys that are having kids this year. And, you know, it's been, not even with Matt Benning saying it, like everyone knows that, you know, Nuge and Eckholm have stayed here this summer. They're not going back to their summer homes wherever they are in Sweden or BC because they are having kids, you know, and congratulations to Evander Kane, who's also stayed here. He, the other day he was at the Legends Golf Course golfing, like he just hit him and his girlfriend just had to, uh, had, a, had another kid. So um, congratulations to them. So you're seeing players kind of stay here throughout the summer that maybe didn't stay here before and obviously having family ties to that is is pretty cool too but uh nice it's good to so, hear yeah it is, it is good to hear it's good to hear for this market you know and i, I hope yeah. my hope for the oilers bosco is that the two leaders 97 and 29 start game one playing the right way not just trying to building up to turn it on when the playoffs start i hope they like they're getting old enough, man. Like figure it out, figure out yeah. how to play the right way every single game, not just when you feel like it. Quit yeah. frigging looping, quit cheating into the neutral zone, wait for breakaways. You don't yeah. need to cheat. You're that. And until yeah. they do, I, I don't think the Oilers go anywhere. I'm sure they're they're still going to be a good team and still yeah. do runs in the playoffs and that kind of thing. But they're never going to win it all until those guys lead by example from game one, in my opinion. Yeah. Mutz fans. So much going on right now in the live sporting events, concerts, everything going on. You know, you got wrestling events, you got the NBA, you got the NFL, you got hockey coming back, like so much going on. So use the promo code two months pod when you guys go to SeatGeek, download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com and get $20 off your purchase for these live events. You guys won't be disappointed. They'll help you on the bucks. You know, save that $20, get you a couple beers, maybe have some popcorn, whatever you want for that, saving that $20 going in. And, you know, use these live events, man. There's so much going on right now. Uh, this is the greatest time. Um, all these sports are firing back up. So all four major sports will be ready to go. Then you guys got the Drake concerts, the T-Swift concerts. There, there's so much happening right now. So, so many great events to be a part of. So don't be disappointed when you guys go to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code two months pod all capitals that's the promo code two months pod all capitals to get twenty dollars off your purchase this public service announcement is brought to you by our friends at cdn here's a crazy thought not all team wear needs a team logo stand out in the crowd and rep your team colors with one of cdn's hockey hats listen these hats are phenomenal we just got ours a little while ago and we've been wearing them nonstop. You know when you find a hat you love and you just can't take it off? Yep, that's how we feel with our CDN hat. Every time we wear it out, we get asked, where did you get that hat? I know what you're thinking. How can I get one? Cue the details. Shop online 24-7 at www.wearecdn.ca and use the promo code 2 months for 15% off your order. Again, that's www. 
www.wercdn.ca to get your new favorite hat and use the discount code 2MUTS at checkout for 15% off your order. Now back to the show. What's your thoughts on Bill Foley, owner of the Vegas Golden Knights, was on a podcast, 32 Thoughts podcast, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman, and he said that the toughest team that they played against, in his opinion, was the Oilers. But he yeah. says the reason why they won because the Golden Knights players played under 20 minutes a game, and a lot of the top Oilers players played 25 or more minutes a game. And he just thinks over the series they got worn down and they got tired. And Drysdale had no points in the last four games. McDavid had his points, but nothing to the point totals that we're, I guess you would say, accustomed to. What's your thoughts on that? Because you kind of just touched on it there, but do the minutes got to scale down for these guys and get more balanced and, and get away from this 11 and seven configuration and just, play? well, I don't think they have to go away from the 11 and seven, but I believe they need to come down just a little bit in minutes yeah. and it makes your team better. Right. It, it makes everybody have, feel like they have more of a role. What Woodcroft did right when, he, right when he first took the job, he said that and he did it and the others were very successful. And then he started getting away from it when it comes to crunch time, right? He, all of a sudden it was 97, 29 instead of 22 minutes and winning four, three yeah. right now they're playing 25 minutes. You're still winning, but it doesn't work. And it's the other side of it though. It's easy for Foley to say that because he was gifted a, yes, a team that was just full of depth, right? He has four lines of really good players. Other teams yeah. don't have that luxury. Right. And that's not, they've made lots of trades and such. I, I get that, but they're also gifted tons of draft picks, tons of players, and they're able to roll that out because because of that expansion where they were given a really, really good team. Yeah. Like, look at their fourth line. It's crazy, man. Nobody has a fourth line like that in the NHL. No. Probably any teams have a third line. Like, they just have so much depth. And that's not... I guess that's their GM did made some trades and such, but most of it was, here's a plethora of players and draft picks. Like, you go hard to screw it up. My yeah. opinion. How about yeah. you? Yeah, no, I agree. I 100% agree. It's it. He was gifted a great team. You had Colasar eight goals. You had Carrier uh, fourteen, and Nicholas uh, Waugh had sixteen. And then you had a, a, a unreal, you know, third pairing and and Nicholas Hag and Zach Whitecloud. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe a second pairing on any other team. That's your, but that's your third pairing. Um, they're big. They're strong. They're fast. So. You know, and they can move the puck, and there's identity to it. And then you really don't know from lines one to three which is the first line because there's you know machine. Yeah, they just they're just consistent depth. So, um, and as you touched about yesterday, like Colorado, like they got Ryan Johansson at four million dollars in the next two years. Now they got their second line center, who just had pretty good season. In Nashville, a couple of seasons ago, last year wasn't the greatest season for him, for anyone in Nashville. But um, you know, he did. He's he's getting you know around some familiar players and people that he knows. But he's going to an organization where you know their winning is going to be a focal point again. And Nashville's always kind of been that. It's just you know it's kind of an up and down in the system. And Nashville hasn't really transitioned to a lot of offense. And I think Johansson going there is good, but. You know, it's all about that depth, man. And, you know, it, Vegas 100%. will come back. They're going to be good. Um, Colorado, they're going to come back. They're going to use that cap space that they have with the Lamascog injury. And then 
what do the Oilers do here with the tight cap space? And if, like you say, if the Oilers don't figure that part out, it's going to be the same, uh, same situation over again. So, um, well, Bosco, I don't think they can figure it out. Like you only have so much money. You're not going to get a yeah. team as deep as Las Vegas. No, you're not. You just you're can't. Right. Yeah. Right. But it, I think it's more just the, the style of play they can play. If they yeah. can change that or kind of dial that in a little bit more and starts with, like I just said, starts with their leaders. Yeah. If they can do that, I think they be, they can beat Vegas just because they have the better, the two best players in the world, really, or right. two of the X two amount of, of players. Best. Yeah. Yeah. How, then they can do that. How crazy is it? The NHL awards are tomorrow and Drysdale's had another amazing year, but he's not up for one award. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of thinking that today. I was like, okay, yeah, please hey. take home four, four tomorrow. And <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, interesting. Interesting to say the least. Not I'm that. not a big award guy. I won't watch. I don't really care when I come on and say, oh yeah, whatever. This is the first time they've done it. And I think the best way is it's the big week, right? So you started off with the awards and the draft is Wednesday and the free agency is like Friday, Saturday, right? So yeah, this next week's going to be busy for sure, but it'll be pretty, it'll be pretty cool. Kind of. Absolutely. It'll be fun. Uh, Good week. Uh, yeah. It'll be some must-see TV. And then uh, I guess we'll move over to the Calgary Flames here. We'll finish up with uh, some Alberta teams here and then we'll uh, get to what's kind of going around on Twitter um, with a plate. But where are you at with this flame situation where these guys are every like Frank Saravalli just dropped ball after ball after ball after <laughs> ball the other day. So crushing the hearts of flames fans, but yeah, kind of started last year with Matt, with, with Johnny leaving and then Matthew leaving. Um, now we'll see what happens with these guys. Like Craig button was on with us just recently. And he's like, that's cool that they told you that, but it's not like you got to trade these guys tomorrow. Um, but no. don't want to lose them for nothing too at the end of the year, but you still got to put a, a team on the ice. And, um, where, where would you do with some of these players? And I probably would start with Lindholm. If he doesn't resign, um, are you trying to move him before the season starts or you just play it <sighs> season? Well, I think they're in a tough spot, man. Like yeah. if they do nothing and say, trade them at the deadline, they're going to be in a playoff spot. And all of a sudden you're yeah. trading away a, that's money. It's revenue, right? They need yeah. those dollars. So trade them now. All of a sudden you're saying, no, we're going to rebuild and it's over. That's tough sell to the fan. That's money. You're lost revenue there. So Conroy's got a lot to think about, but yeah. uh, it actually is respectful. I think to the players to do that so that they're not just like throwing a curveball at the deadline. Yeah. They know in advance, they can get a plan as to what they want to do. I want to trade this guy. Now, uh, if I was them, I'd, I'd get rid of him. They don't want to be there. Get him out. Yeah, get some picks. Get a you know a couple of younger guys that are under term that can stay in Calgary for a couple of few years. Yeah, and get rid of Lindholm would be who wouldn't want Lindholm? That guy's unbelievable. Yeah, who wouldn't want Backlund? Yeah, yeah. right. Who wouldn't? Foley, yeah, he scores goals. Who wouldn't want these guys? You get pick. You probably get a first round pick for all of them. Yeah, yeah. What would it's, you do? Well, it's a it's tough. Like you know, I got into this argument last night with my brother and stuff. It, like obviously, we're, there's no secret. Like we've had five players from the Calgary Flames on our on on our podcast. So there's a bit of diplomacy bias. There's you know, it, and a lot of these guys that are the names are the guys that are leaving. Like we haven't had Hannafin, we haven't had Lindholm on, but Backlund's been on with us, and uh, and Foley's been on with us. From what it sounds like, though, from what the insiders are, and I, and I would never ruin a, a relationship that we have with the players to ask 
certain situations. I'll just be clear on, on that. Um, I'll support any which decision they make, whether they stay or that whether they go. That that that's their right to leave when they get to UFA and free agency and and all that. And I agree what you're saying. They're doing the right thing, the respectful thing. But from what it sounds like, the insiders are saying it's just that it comes down to term. These guys want longer term, and the Flames aren't willing to go down the road of term. So we'll see if if that is the case or is not the case. Um, but it is, it does suck because this organization means a lot to me, the city of Calgary. I like it. The battle of Alberta is better when both teams are good. The battle of Alberta is not fun when one team is not good. And we know for sure, at least the next three years or beyond, the Oilers are going to be really good, you know, and they'll probably be good for beyond the three years because, you know, for unless there's a dramatic drop off in the Oilers play, and that's when Connor and Leon decide to leave. But I, I just don't know if that's going to happen. We always talk about the little joking around, but you would like to think that Connor and Leon retire as Edmonton Oilers. And then if they win one cup here, who knows to say how many more cups they can win in Edmonton where they would stay here longer. But the second you win one, you know, you're staying there forever. So they, or and for Calgary, it's, they do still have some good pieces. Um, I think it's important that to know that Oliver Shillington's coming back next year. I like so, it. And so you do, yes, lose a pretty good top four defenseman in Hannafin, but you bring one back that you didn't have last year, but was a top four defenseman the year before. So I don't think that's getting talked about enough. Um, but Hannafin's been amazing. He's played the most amount of games in that draft class. He's been he's a stud ever since he's been in the NHL. But from all accounts, he doesn't want to play the rest of his career in Canada and wants to play in, in the U.S. So... You know, same thing was with Connor Hollebuck. Hollebuck's, you know, one year in Winnipeg, he wants to play an American team. So you can't blame these guys for where they want to go. It, it, it's a shot to us as Canadians and, and all that. But that's the, the market we live in. And Toffoli is a Canadian, but I know that, you know, it's tough on the family of, you know, you know, seeing, the, you know seeing them a lot, right? And yeah. the further away from home is, is tougher. and. You know, there's no secret. It's all over Instagram. Like, yeah, he still has a residency in Los Angeles. And, you know, he, uh, it's where he stays in the summertime. And then his family's in Ontario. So, um, so it's, it's a, it's a bit tough. And, you know, but we'll see. It's, it's a tough one for Conroy, but I really tough. Should be a, a a knock on the city of Calgary or their organization, my opinion. But everyone has their own view. But, um, you know, like, Bob Stoffer said on his show, he's like, don't kid yourself. This could be us in a couple of years if we don't win either, too. So, uh, 100%, yeah. It certainly could. Yeah. So we'll see. It's not the best situation, but as I think you got to use it as you got to turn it into something positive. And if you, like you say, you get some draft picks, draft this Wednesday, and somehow you could unload one. You don't need to unload all four, but maybe unload one or two. You turn that into another first round yep. pick, a uh, player that's probably under, right around 21 to 22 that has term and has, you know, control on contract, then, you know, things are, things are better, but, uh, you know, it's, you're going to have a new coach. Find out. Mark Savard going there as an offensive mind as an assistant coach is going to be amazing for the Flames. Um, you got a general manager in Craig Conroy, who's very positive. You just brought Jerome McGinley back to the organization. You probably see Jerome's more footprints 
of him being around the organization next year. Um, he's probably going to do a lot this year, but I think he's still going to coach his kid this year. So I don't know how much he'll see him around, but he'll still be, you know, he'll still have his hands on, on helping Con Royale. But um, yeah, it's not an easy one. It's not a fun one, but at the end of the day, they got to do something and you can't lose these players for nothing either too. So but, can't yeah. lose them all for nothing. That would be horrific. Yeah. And they yeah. won't. Yeah. And they won't for sure. I think they learned their lesson with Johnny Gaudreau and, yeah, you know, that was a bigger a bigger one than these guys. But you know, Lindholm and Goudreau almost in the same boat. You don't want to lose a player like that because Lindholm yeah. is, has done a lot. He's awesome. He hasn't said really much. I think they offered him a deal, from what it sounds like, and he hasn't gotten back to him yes or no. And he is close with Markstrom, and Markstrom's been very vocal that he does not want to leave. He wants to retire as a flame. So you got to use that in account for sure. Cool. Uh, all right, let's finish up on this. The big uh, Philadelphia Flyers-St. Louis Blues trade here that has multiple Jeez. teams in it. What are, what are your thoughts? Obviously, the big, the big thing that came out is that Tory Krug does want to waive his no, play, no trade clause to go to Philadelphia. Um, where are you at with that? Do you blame them? Um, obviously, it's a right when you have that in your contract, but uh, you know, you're seeing some teams don't have them, like Nashville. I think the only one that doesn't have the only one that has one is is Yossi. Other than that, there's no other player on Nashville Predators that has a no mover or no trade clause. Um, so I guess first would do that. That's a, that would be a good topic. Do you think that's you know it's in the CBA? The players get it. Um, not every team gives them out. Where are you at with the with the no move and no trade clauses, bro? Well, I go back and forth. You can, if your agent gets it for you, that's awesome for you. But now you've got, so Krug's agent did that for him. But now he's at a point where, do you really want to play for a team that doesn't want you? They just want you out of there. So yeah. it's basically a tool they use to say, we don't want you, we're going to trade you. So please say yes to this. And that happens, I don't say all the time, but it seems to happen regularly, right? Where yeah. guys have an old move and they end up still getting traded to a team that they probably wouldn't want to. So it's, I don't know, man. You you can accept it all you want, but that's why they use the tool of we're going to trade you. So, like, why why would I get that? Krug has the right and the ability to do that, and he's chosen to do that, and good for him. But now he has to stew on it all summer and go back to a place where he knows they don't want him. Like, how good is that? He's yeah. gonna have a crap year because of that. Yeah. So I, I don't. I, it doesn't really serve anybody well, to be honest. No. No. So now you've got to look and see, okay, where could we go? Where could we send him that he wants to go now? That, yeah. You know, and that, then you lose all your leverage. You get nothing for him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All the leverage that you thought you had, you don't have. Um, that's the that's the good and the bad of the no move clause. Yeah. So, stuff like that. When the insiders get their information and it gets out there, it does also. Yeah, I know you don't want to leave St. Louis, but. Like you just said, your team just pretty much openly <laughs> yeah. said to the world that we don't want you. We don't want you. And this is how we want to trade you. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. See what happens there. It's uh, going to be uh, going to be super, 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 super interesting on that. Now, draft wise, are you excited for the draft? This is going to look like a pretty good draft. I know these moments are always pretty good for families and stuff like that too. But where are you at? Yeah, I think here? I think it'll be interesting to see where Michkov goes. I, I believe he'll slip just because he's not coming for another few years. years. Yeah. 
So I think San Jose is a good spot because they're not going to be good for a while. So you could take a risk there. I think if not, he might slide all the way down to Washington, to be honest, where they like the Russians and might be a little bit of uh, a feel-good spot and a perfect little fit for him there. But uh, I like seeing with my kid involved with, uh, well, Wenatchee now, I like watching, I watch Zach Benson play lots and he is awesome. So I'd like to see where he ends up. I think that'll be cool. Yeah. And then the other part of it is I think there's going to be lots of trades and movement going on during that draft. So I think that it'll be a great day. I'm going to make sure to watch it all. Yeah. Um, How about you? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be at work, but I'm going to, I'm going to work around the schedule. <laughs> Cause I don't, I don't like missing that stuff. I think it's uh it's amazing. I like seeing the, the, you know, the, the tears of joy, in the in the stands of the family members and the sacrifices that all these uh, kids have made and the, and the moms yeah. and the dads and the cool. brothers and the sisters and the grandparents and all that um there's always one or two or three or four maybe that you know tug on the heartstrings in the first round and and then you see some other ones later on and i just with how deep this draft is and um you know from going to some tournaments to watch these kids play it would be pretty cool to, to see like yeah we had craig button on and you know, he has Cameron Allen uh, slated to go in the third round, but I just think that kid is an amazing kid and parents are pretty amazing people and kind of got to talk to them. So I'm just like, yeah, later on pick, but I'm like, I'm happy for that. You know, that's saying I know them very well. It's just, you know, just, but just a good feel, good story. And, you know, and uh, when you go and watch a kid that, you know, poured his heart out in these tournaments, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. To it is, yeah. Them. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And just the fact that it's a deep draft. And yeah, Mitchkoff's going to be the most interesting one. I, my theory is he goes, he goes number two. I think the Ducks Whoa. take number two. He's not because going number two. Fentelli's going number two. I, 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 the only reason why I say he goes to is because Pat for beat came from the Tampa Bay lightning organization and the Steve Eisenman organization of, of where the draft was. And when Eisenman took Mort Sider, there was the big gasp. Everyone was like, that's right. Yeah. At the draft. And Eisenman is the guy that doesn't give two Fs, two fucks. No. <laughs> and everything I hear is the same thing. Pat Rubik's the same way. So the Ducks aren't, aren't in a hurry to win now, but I, it's tough to argue against Fantilli or Leo Carlson or obviously other He's guys. Good. But if he was to take, if Mitchkoff was to go anywhere, it would be there or what, you know, Daniel Briere and the brass from the flyers, they came out with a press conference last week and they talked about Mitch Goff a lot and they pick a little bit later in the first round. And it sounded like they were more convincing themselves that they would take him. If he was there available, I, I think they picked seven that they would take them. So that, that, that could be interesting too, but yeah. the flyers look like they're ready to win soon. The docs look like they're at least two years away. From, yeah, they're a bit. Oh, It'd be fun way, to watch, that's for sure. Either, I like watching it. Yeah. Either way, I think they're getting a good player. So yeah. And uh it's deep. Yeah, exactly. So all right, Broads. Uh let's uh, finish up on that. Uh yeah, we'll look forward to kind of you know the week ahead. It's gonna be an interesting one. We'll set the tone with this podcast. And uh Mike Fuda will join us uh um uh, in our next episode. So we'll dive a little deeper into some more stuff with him and and you know, and then our uh, we have our big uh, episode 200 to follow that. So looking forward to kind of having awesome. that 
that guest is confirmed and now we're looking forward to fans enjoying that conversation with that guest and uh so roads have a good one you know stay safe stay safe out there have fun uh enjoy the weather and uh you have a good one bud you too buddy